You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A very happy Monday to you all. Hope you all are doing great out there. Plenty to get to ahead on this episode of Locked On Cougars. We are going to talk about what to take away after re-watching BYU's thrilling 26-17 victory over the University of Utah. We call it our Film Review Monday. Looking back and taking away some of the things after re-watching the game a second time. We'll also let you know where BYU checks in the national polls if you didn't know already. Good to see them jumping back into the top 25 after starting the season 2-0. And of course, we will catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News. An absolute barn burner at Southfield on Saturday night you may have missed. We'll recap that ahead on today's show as well. want to remind you guys, make sure you check out Locked On Big 12 because BYU is now a Big 12 program, folks. There is no better place to get all of your Big 12 conference news than the Locked On Big 12 podcast. It is hosted by Josh Neighbors. Follow the Locked On Big 12 podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, without further ado, though, let's get rolling here on a Monday. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 13th, 2021. What's up, my friends? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And a big thank you once again for joining us right here on your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. A quick reminder for you guys to make sure you hit that follow button if you're just checking checking us out for the first time. Thousands of you, and I mean that sincerely, thousands of you have come and joined the Locked On Cougars community recently. And I cannot thank you guys enough for your support of the podcast. We are doing absolutely bonkers numbers in terms of our overall listenership, download numbers, all of that. And it's a credit to you guys. So thank you for your support. But if you're just checking us out, make sure you join us every day. We're here for you guys Monday through Friday. And in recent cases, about seven days a week, it feels like we're doing podcasts left and right, making sure you guys are the smartest BYU fans in the room and hope you guys enjoy the product. All right, getting going here on a Monday edition of the show. Want to talk a little bit about BYU, obviously, and that win over Utah because we can revel in it, obviously. Cougars now turn their attention to a big-time showdown against Arizona State this Saturday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It will officially be a top 25 matchup, folks. BYU, if you missed it yesterday, checked in at number 23 in both of the major national polls out there. USA Today coaches poll coming out first. The Cougars going from unranked, number 23 in the poll. Utah obviously dropping out of that one. And similarly, in the AP poll, which came out a couple hours later, Cougars checking in at number 23 after taking down number 21, Utah, who dropped out. BYU now ranked uh, just two games into the season. And let's be honest, folks. Let's talk about this for a minute. How many of you would have guessed that BYU would be ranked two weeks in? I'm not going to lie. I thought BYU's best chance to get ranked was maybe to start the season three and one. So, um, uh, and trust me, I, I've had a few of you reach out to me and say, "Why aren't you guys said you weren't going to pick BYU to beat Utah?" Yeah, that's me. Hi, I'm right here. I just, I, I've been scarred. I've been beaten. I've been just, I don't know what you want to term it. Maybe some shell shock, whatever it is. I just could not uh, envision a way that BYU was going to get over the hump. But I am as excited as anybody out there that BYU pulled it off. And it's fantastic to see them in the national polls once again. And folks, 
As Jeff Hansen from Cougar Sports Insider pointed out yesterday, you know that BYU is 13-1 and in their last 14 games? And since uh, most people probably also don't, don't uh, necessarily understand this, or understand is probably the wrong term, but maybe most people aren't paying attention to this, but since Aaron Roderick ostensibly took over play-calling duties late in the 2019 season, BYU, folks, is 18-3 and in the 21 games since. They are absolutely rocking and rolling right now in Provo, and I think it's really cool to see the respect that BYU is getting nationally. This is a program very much on the come, folks. National media are paying attention to Provo. Obviously, with the Big 12 announcement, that put BYU absolutely in the crosshairs of a lot of the national media because they're paying closer attention to BYU. And now that BYU is part of the big time, you can expect actually some more of that. I guess you would, well, you would call it a, a subconscious bias towards the Power Five. Well, all of a sudden, BYU is no longer on the outside looking in on that. They're finally on the inside and may start benefiting from that to a larger degree. I think it's fantastic the Cougars are checking in at number 23. Uh, looking at the polls, Arizona State is coming to Provo, depending on which poll you put most of your credence in, number 19 or number 21, if I read them correctly. So it's a top 25 showdown at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And I got to say, the body of work for BYU, to me, is much more impressive than the body of work that Arizona State has put out there. Arizona State pummeled uh, Southern Utah in their first game on Thursday night, September 2nd. And this past weekend, Ooh, they took down the mighty UNLV Running Rebels. Okay, Running Rebels, I know that the UNLV Rebels, because Running Rebels is a basketball term, but nonetheless, Arizona State has not necessarily done anything that makes you think, okay, they're super, super dangerous. Are they very talented? Yes, and we'll preview more of that as the week uh, progresses, getting you ready for Saturday night. But BYU has beaten Arizona, and then they went and took down Utah, who, in my opinion, may have been the toughest opponent they will face this season simply due to the fact that there was like a mental thing for BYU for many, many years. And I got to say, what I watched Saturday night, and we're going to dig into more of the details of what I saw re-watching that game from Saturday night here in a minute. What I saw from BYU Saturday night is they finally kind of cast off all of those mental blocks, the stumbling blocks that BYU traditionally had had for them. And they actually out-Kyle Whittingham, Kyle Whittingham. They ran the ball effectively. Five yards per carry. Effective, efficient quarterback play. Jaron Hall absolutely wrecked any game plan Utah apparently had uh, because of his ability to scramble. I don't get what Utah was thinking, thinking that they could slow him down just with their pass rush. Their defensive ends got turned inside out and upside down, and they had no idea where it was coming from. And BYU was the beneficiary of it. They got after the quarterback. The blitz packages for BYU are absolutely phenomenal. And I got to give credit. I'm probably doing a little bit early on my film review here. BYU's cornerback unit right now, guys, D'Angelo Mandel and Isaiah Heron mainly, they have been absolutely lights out. Their ability to man up on guys and lock up one-on-one allows guys like Keenan Peely and Peyton Wilgar to run like bats out of hell after the opposing quarterback and just make life absolutely miserable. It is so fun to watch. It is absolutely phenomenal to watch BYU's defense doing what BYU fans have hoped for for years. It's really, really fun, folks, and I am looking forward to seeing number 23 Utah back in action Saturday night when they take on the Arizona State Sun Devils. And it is my sincere hope and belief that BYU moves to 3-0. and And then essentially they take a little bit of a breather because USF, who they will welcome to Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the third straight, third straight week a week from Saturday, well, they have proven that they are very much a program in full rebuild mode. So it's looking like potentially BYU could get out of the month of September, guys, 
with a 4-0 record. What a record that would be considering what we were talking about. And if you go 4-0 in September, we're talking about potential number, another 10-win season, in my opinion, barring something catastrophic happening in October. I don't want to put the cart before the horse. Let me be clear about that. It was a fantastic win against Utah, and we should be celebrating it. But obviously, attention is already being thrown towards Arizona State. Time marches on, and I, for one, am looking forward to seeing what this team can do because it seems limitless. I think Kalani Satake's vision, his grand vision for BYU football, what it could become, a a self-sustaining program built by athletes who come in maybe a little bit overlooked in certain circumstances. They come in and develop, and then they become that four- and five-star talent. That's what's happening right now. We are seeing a years-long process. Years, folks. Since essentially 2017, since Kalani Satake essentially hit reset on his program when the whole deal of the original staff he had was not working, especially offensively. It has been years in the making, and right now is kind of the the payoff of what I think Kalani envisioned for this program, and it is phenomenal to talk about, to cover, and just to be part of this. And it, it you should be enjoying this because these are really really fun times. BYU is truly back to being a national program. They are getting attention from all over, folks. It's fun, it's enjoyable, and I hope we all. Do not take it for granted because I think we can all think back to not too long ago where it felt like BYU was a little bit of an afterthought. But you know what? Right now, Cougars, they are a, what would you call it? A, they're just one of the programs that people really cannot afford not to pay attention to because of all the headlines they keep making. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we'll dig into more of the details of what I took away from BYU in my film review. Some really, really cool things that stood out to me after watching the game a second time. We'll dig into those in just a minute. Let's pause for a moment and talk about a new sponsor here on Locked on Cougars, and that is our friends over at Prize Picks. If you're a college football fanatic like myself, hopefully you've heard of Prize Picks, but if you have not, Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy that you guys need to check out. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. What they do is they offer any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown for quarterbacks, and you guys can essentially bet on that. And if you cash in, you cash in, or you know what? Better luck next time. All you guys need to do is go and pick two to five players in an over-under on the projections of their numbers, and you can win up to 10 times back on any entry. It's just you versus those numbers. If you think you are a savant and you know what Jaron Hall is going to do, for example, well, get in on that. Price Picks also allows mixed sport entries, so you could bet on the NBA or college football or soccer or baseball. They've got it all for you guys. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, really, and it's safe, and it offers also fast withdrawals. Also use the award-winning app on the App Store and also Google Play Store. You can do it mobily, guys. Don't hesitate today. Check out prizepicks.com or go to your App Store and download the app today. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Today's podcast is brought to you by one of our longtime sponsors here on Locked On Cougars, and that is our friends at All Guard Pest Control. If I'm not mistaken, Seth Baird and his team at All Guard may have been the original, the OG when it comes to sponsors right here on the podcast. Been working with us for the better part of at least two years, maybe th- all three years we've been doing this. But if you guys have any pest control needs, no matter if it's residential or commercial, All Guard is your local and expert solution. Seth and his team have the knowledge, the know how, 
the expertise. They can take care of any and all pest control problems, no matter what it might be. They've taken care of my home with multiple things. I've had wasp issues. I've had a couple of mice issues. And you know what? All Guard shows up. They take care of the problem. And you know what? I haven't had to have them come back out. It's really that good. And I know that doesn't necessarily sound like Seth's uh, best in his best interest as a business owner, but he's really that good and his team is that good at their job. So if you have any pest control needs, give them a call now. 801-851-1812 is their phone number. They are the best of the best when it comes to their pest control game. I mean that sincerely because I have seen it firsthand with my own eyes. My wife can attest to it as well. So once again, that's All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812. Or go to their website and learn more. All Guard Pest Controls, with an S, allguardpestcontrols.com. It's a great local company and a longtime sponsor with us here on Locked On Cougars. That's All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812. All right, folks. Obviously, on Monday, editions of the show, and these usually come out Sunday sometime when I finally have a chance to record. It's coming out a little later on this Sunday evening. But nonetheless, hope you guys enjoy these recaps because what I do on Sundays is I go back and re-watch the film from BYU's previous game. I learn a lot more actually rewatching the games than I do in live time. And that may be the fact that I'm covering this professionally. I'm trying to put out pithy thoughts on Twitter, whatever it is. But I learn a lot rewatching these games. I took away quite a bit from the Utah game. So let's start off and talk about what I learned. And I want to give a special shout out to Jaron Hall. His ability to run the football, apparently Utah just discounted it for all it was worth. I know I mentioned this a little bit earlier on on today's show already, and I probably mentioned it in the recap edition. Uh, the postcast that we did late uh, Saturday night, early Sunday morning. But his ability to run the football cannot be overlooked by opposing teams. If they do that, you do it at your own peril. And Utah is going to be just kind of like, I guess what you'd say, a microcosm for what can go wrong for a team against BYU when you just think that Jaron Hall can't run it. This dude runs a legit sub-4540. He can absolutely fly, and he does a great job. So... I love the ability that you have with him to run the football, whether it's called runs or his just ability to create on the fly. It's incredible, and I just thought I needed to uh, point that out once again. Other things that stood out to me from this game, the Nakua brothers, they bring an edge, and obviously they had a little more edge, speaking of Samson, because he's facing his former team, but it was really cool to see them just get out there and bring the heat, bring the pressure, and just kind of bring some emotion to this game. It was a, a, something that I think BYU had lacked in previous games was just some of that edge that Utah seemed to play with. BYU, as I mentioned, and I'll continue to say this, they out-Whittinghamed Whittingham and his team. Speaking of, they out-Utahed Utah. That was really cool to see. BYU was the bullies in this game. Rather than uh, being reactive, they were proactive in this contest. It was fun to see that play out. Some players that stood out to me, I really like Atunai Samahe, folks. This is a kid who gets discounted because he's not the tallest guy in the world. He's a GFOP, a good friend of the podcast here. He's been on multiple times. They list him at six foot one. I'd be stunned if he's over six feet, but his natural leverage he plays with, just the fact that he's got superhuman strength, seemingly, he's as strong as an ox. He made life miserable for Utah's offensive line and just got after it all night long. It cannot be discounted what he did for BYU in that game. And just uh, the one play he had where he was just completely unblocked. You rewatch the film. Nick Ford, Utah center, literally mid-play, turns around, sees Mahe about taking the handoff away from the running back, and he just slaps his hands together, and you could tell he was upset that there was something that went on along that Utah offensive line. 
they were not playing in sync most of the night, it felt like, for Utah. They just could not get things on the same page, and BYU is the beneficiary of that. I also wanted to give a shout out, a fellow shout-out uh, to Mahe's running mate on the interior of that defensive line, Earl Tuioti Mariner, for the second game. He continues to show up. He doesn't do necessarily anything that I feel like stands out like, holy smokes, he's elite at that skill, but he's just a pretty dang good football player. Really, really fun to see, and also... Lorenzo Fawatea stripping that ball on Tavion Thomas cannot be discounted. That was very nice hand placement to get that ball out. And obviously Isaiah Heron recovers it. A huge turnover for BYU. Other players I felt like stood out in this game. Uh, Devon Vele, by the way, that uh, reversal. And Seth Barrett, as we mentioned, just barely about all guard pest control. He actually texted me about this yesterday on Sunday and said that reversal and BYU challenged that call was absolutely critical because it was an absolutely pathetic missed call from the referees because the fact that that ball bounced on the turf multiple times and they considered that a reception on the field, oof, not good. And that officiating crew is gonna, probably going to hear the never going to hear the end of it from their uh, their training coordinators, obviously. But it was a big reversal because BYU got the stop on that, and it was just incredible that BYU got things going. Fourth down stop was a play that was absolutely brilliant from BYU. They crashed down from the ends. Utah, for some reason, felt like they could beat BYU out of a shotgun set on fourth and two, and BYU had three or four guys just bust down the line there. Very, very nicely done, and Mackay Bernard was not even close on that. And on fourth and two, it's pretty hard, let's be honest, to not get a guy that, uh, to keep a guy from stretching out over two yards, but he came up, I thought, two yards short. BYU is that stalwart there on that play, and I really, really liked how they developed on that. And this defensive scheme, folks, this is what you have been crowing about. I have been hearing about this for three years now on this podcast, many years before that, with Elisa Tuiaki. They need to bring more pressure. They need to get pressure with three or four guys. They did it, folks. They did all of that against Utah. Rewatching the film, late in that game, BYU went into their prevent defense, their drop eight scheme that has been so maligned by so many BYU fans. Well, it worked to perfection because guess what? They were able to drop into all the zones, make life miserable for a guy like Charlie Brewer. And by the way, the three guys rushing the quarterback were actually getting a push. It was awesome, folks. This is the defensive scheme you have crowed about, you have dreamed about. This is something I've heard from thousands of you, it feels like, about something that you wanted to see from BYU and see them develop it. A credit goes to the cornerback. We've already mentioned this ahead on today's show that D'Angelo Mandel, Isaiah Heron, Caleb Hayes, Shimon Willis, those are kind of the four main guys at cornerback. They were very, very good. Now, a word on Jacob Robinson for a moment here. He struggled a little bit in this game. Obviously, got victimized on the touchdown pass to Brant Keithy, but he did come back, and he actually had some decent moments, I felt like. I think this is a freshman who is really learning things on the fly, but the physical gifts, as a, as a nickel cornerback for BYU for Jacob Robinson, they are all there. You can see them. Obviously, he was also victimized by Dalton Kincaid, on the big uh, pass that he had that went for like some 30-some-odd yards. But there were also good moments for a guy like Jacob Robbins. So there is both good and bad to be taken from his performance. But obviously, when you get beat like he did on that post route to Brant Keithy, unfortunate, but that's kind of how it goes. Uh, One other note for you guys uh, was the BYU's final drive. It uh, carved off, I believe, 6 minutes and 13 seconds by my count. I went from 9.30 to 3.17. BYU gets that field goal, the 21-yard chip shot that Jake Oldroyd makes to make it 26-17. to That drive 
was reminiscent of 2019, if you guys will recall, when uh, Utah had their big drive that Zach Moss and Utah just ran it down BYU's throat. Well, BYU did the exact thing. They just went right back down the field, made life miserable for Utah, and essentially killed the game at that point. Uh, Utah at that point was down two scores, down nine points with just over three minutes to go. The math gets real hard real quick to find a way to win that game. And I know that some of you said, I will never be satisfied or never, not, not satisfied. I'll never be comfortable with a BYU win against Utah until, you know, zeros are on the clock. And I get that. But that six minute and 13 second drive, the only way it probably could have gone better is the BYU somehow finds a way to carve off another minute and gets a touchdown there. That's really the only thing you could do better. But getting those three points, carving off all that time on the clock, that was a stroke of brilliance and credit to BYU's offense. So that's what I took away from the film review. If you guys have takeaways as well, we'd love to hear them from you guys. You can uh, tweet at us, Locked On Cougars. Also look up Locked On Cougars on Facebook or Instagram. Tweet at my personal Twitter account, Jacob C. Hatch. We'd love to hear from you there. Or feel free to email us lockedonbyu at gmail.com and we have one such email I'm going to address in just a little bit uh, from our good friend Brent Bolingbroke out there on the East Coast. He has a very, very interesting question as well as a couple of observations that we'll touch on before we go on today's show. First though, we are brought to you in part by our friends over at Sweatblock. Many of you have had these moments where you've had a, a massive presentation, an awkward moment, a huge first date. We've all been there. And all of a sudden you start sweating uncontrollably. You haven't had this problem? Props to you. I can say I've been there multiple times in my life, and I wish I would have had something like Sweatblock there to help me out. What is Sweatblock, you might ask? Well, it is doctor-created and doctor-recommended prescription strength antiperspirant. They're wipes. You wipe on your underarm, and folks, it lasts for days. What they do is absolutely incredible. It allows you to wear what you want to wear. It's your little secret to confidence, and it's a must-have for your toiletry bag because, as I mentioned, It'll keep you dry. They do have a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep you dry, you will get your money back. It's been a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, over 13,000 reviews, and it's manufactured right here at home in the USA. If you guys want to give it a shot, you can go to their website, sweatblock.com, and get 20% off using our promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You also can order it on Amazon, or you can get it at your local CVS pharmacy on the shelves there. But if you want that 20% offer, it's at sweatblock.com. Use the promo code Locked On. That's Sweatblock, a proud partner with us here on Locked On Cougars. One final time out on today's show to talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Many of you are well aware at this point that BYU walk-on athletes in the football program are benefiting from the new name, image, and likeness still that they have with Built Bar. Well, all of the athletes on BYU's football program, by and large, are benefiting from this. They're making money. And they're doing it by promoting one of the best companies out there. I love Built Bars. I have been a broken record saying that for years now. They are the best tasting protein bars that I have ever had. I mean that sincerely. And I think that you guys will love them as well. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They ha- they're soft and easy to chew. They taste as close to a candy bar in a protein bar form as you will find anywhere. So take advantage of the offers they have available to you guys now. They have nine unique flavors that they call their base flavors. But always they have stuff like what they call their um, limited time flavors. Right now, they have a puff that's their banana cream flavor. It's absolutely incredible. So you guys take advantage of all their offers now by going to built.com. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get 15% off your order. And when you support Built Bar, you're supporting BYU student-athletes, and in particular, BYU football program. 
do that, support the Cougars, support Built Bar, and do it using the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. All right, my friends, before we go here on this Monday edition of the show, let's get you guys up to speed on everything else you need to know as a BYU fan here on a Monday. Let's start off with the women's volleyball program, ranked number 12 in the country. They were back east in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the Panther Challenge, hosted by the University of Pittsburgh. And the Cougars had a pretty decent weekend. Uh, They beat High Point uh, University on Saturday, as well as a victory over Bowling Green on Friday. But they did suffer their first loss of the season. By the way, the wins over Bowling Green and High Point were both sweeps. But BYU, the number 12 team, lost to Pitt, who's ranked number four, three sets to one. So the Cougars suffered their first loss of the season on the year. They'll be back in action this coming Thursday when they welcome Utah in their annual rivalry match to the Smith Fieldhouse. It'll be broadcast on BYU TV. We'll have more details for you guys. But the Cougars off to a very solid start this season, 8-1 and one on the year, but obviously tough loss to number four Pitt. The women's soccer program also had a fantastic night. And if you guys didn't see this, at 6 o'clock on Saturday night, just before BYU and Utah kicked off in football, Number 22, BYU, beat the Missouri Tigers 7-4. to Yeah, that's a high-scoring game in soccer. Anybody who knows anything about that sport knows that 7-4 to is a very, very, uh, not low, high score line. But BYU comes out with the victory. Really, really cool to see and all kinds of offense. Really fun for BYU. And anybody who attended that game got entertained. There's no doubt about that. When you get to see 11 total goals on both sides and see your home side come out with that victory, obviously you're going to be feeling a lot better about yourself. So congratulations to Jenna Rockwood and her squad. They're now 4-2-1 and one on the season overall. They'll be back in action this coming Thursday as Idaho State comes to town to Southfield. Uh, that match scheduled to begin at 7 o'clock on Thursday. Alright, final thing before we go here is an email sent to me by my friend Brent Bolingbrook out there on the East Coast. Brent is a longtime listener. He listens to us religiously every single day. Actually does it while walking. I've talked in the past about how different people listen to this podcast at different times. Some of you listening in the hot tub. Yeah, I see you out there, Rich. I see you, Amber Roberts. I I see you all out there. But Brent does this on his walks. He had a couple of questions. That's what he started off his email to LockedOnBYU at Gmail by saying, he said, what is going on with BYU's offense not using the tight ends? No catches for Rex so far this year and only one for Holker, which is actually a huge catch last night for a big conversion. He said Rex was such a huge weapon last year and no catches so far. Just curious if you or your informants have any information or insight. Okay, let me address that question first here, Brent. I don't know necessarily what's going on with the tight ends because I felt like there were opportunities for BYU's tight ends in that game against Utah. Maybe it's something that BYU is just scheming right now and feeling like the wide receiver position is where they can really attack more often. But one thing I did notice in the game against Utah, Isaac Rex was an absolute wrecking ball in blocking. Did he have some moments where he was not as good? Yes, but there were multiple instances where I was watching a run play and Isaac Rex was just absolutely dominating at the point of attack. That's the type of stuff that Jeff Grimes wanted to see from his tight ends when they were at BYU, and I don't think Aaron Roderick's going to change it all that much. I also would like to see BYU's tight ends get more of an opportunity. I don't necessarily know what exactly is going on, but I'll see if I can dig into this and find out some more information for you. And then another question you sent in, uh, we'll get to your your kudos here in just a minute. He also asked this, will going to the Big 12 give us earlier games? These late games are killing us out here on the East Coast, LOL. Well, I can tell you this much. 
Get used to home games for BYU in the Big 12 being late night. That's why BYU is in the conference. Plain and simple. They're going to play that late night window, the 8.30 Mountain Time kickoff, 10.30 for those of you on the East Coast. I apologize, but that's what home games are going to be. Now, the good news is when you travel to such places as West Virginia, Cincinnati, and UCF, all in the Eastern time zone, and essentially the rest of the Big 12, all in the Central time zone, you can expect earlier kickoffs in those games, maybe even some day games. It's in the afternoon again. Yeah, you can see that happen. So, road games, I would say you're probably going to see some earlier kickoffs. Yes, Brent. But home games, by and large, unless it's an absolutely huge game, think of USC coming to Provo a few years back where it got the mid-afternoon treatment. By and large, BYU's home games, I would expect it to be those late-night windows because that's what the Big 12 wants to see from BYU. They deliver high audiences in that time slot, and they obviously are not just going to give that up with BYU entering the conference, for better or worse, because it is a very late night. I went to bed at 4 a.m. on Sunday morning. Just one of those things that happens. It's part of the job, but I love doing it and hope you guys enjoy the work as well. All right, that's going to do it for this Monday edition of the show. Hope you all are doing great out there whenever you hear this. And of course, we'll have another edition for you guys probably Monday afternoon after BYU's press conference, at least the goal currently, to make sure you guys Uh, are able to hear everything you need to take away from BYU's weekly press conference and also begin our look ahead to the Arizona State Sun Devils, a top 25 showdown. First time that the Sun Devils have come back to BYU since 1998. There's some history between these teams. We'll talk about all of that this week as we get closer and closer to that matchup. Stay tuned and hope you all, once again, are doing fantastic wherever you might be out there in Cougar Nation. All right, that is going to do it once again. Thank you for your support. Hope you guys all have a fantastic day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 13th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys soon.